0: We're on! Can we get started on this thing, or what's the... Oh, so this is... All right,
1: so, welcome to Our Mind on Music.
0: Oh.
1: Oh. Oh. (laughs) We're doing, uh... We're doing cool jazz. Maybe wrapping up the bebop a little bit. Yeah. And then doing some cool jazz.
0: Yeah, so we did our Chinese New Year's uh, episode, which hopefully you've watched and or listened to. This is episode 16.
2: Mm
1: -hmm. Um... We were discussing last time about, you know how bebop was noty, very noty. <laughs> you know what I mean by noty? Right. Which is like, uh, lots of notes.
0: So a lot of people consider that to be hot jazz. Right. Right. Because it was very energetic, lots of notes. Blah, 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 you know, those mm-hmm. runs sometimes were, and <laughs> people were listening for the virtuosity of these players. Yeah. One of the ways that you can impress people with how virtuosic you are is to play really fast. Yeah. You know? Well, I've, I've been revisiting the Hannon
1: studies, as I think I told you. And, um, you know, when you play 16th notes at 108, mm. which is the recommend, like the, when they, they recommend like between 60 beats per minute and 108, is okay. the, sort of the top, okay. which would, if you're doing, you know, like those, that's speedy. Mm-hmm. You know, like the little it's, One hundred
0: eight itself is not necessarily no, speedy, but 16 no, at 108. I wait So one hundred and eight beats per minute is what we're talking uh, yeah. about here. And so
1: when you play those, and I'm just I'm just talking about the first one, which is da 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 at 108 mm-hmm. is my goal. That's awesome. Which I haven't got there. Yeah. But, you know, I want to have the uh, flexibility of being able to do that. I'm not going to play that fast all the time. Mm-hmm. But I just want to have the flexibility to be able to think like these guys did mm-hmm. in any key
0: at any moment because they had already gone through all of those exercises. I, as you're talking about this, I'm I'm thinking four different things. Mm-hmm. One of them is for a lot of people who haven't heard you play live... They might be thinking, well, that's a that's a neat goal for you. Leon. <laughs> Good for you, young man. And I'm thinking this guy like flies up and down a, a keyboard like without thinking. about but it. But in keys know? that I'm familiar with. That's the, that's what I'm thinking. Right. That's that's the level of detail that a lot of people wouldn't catch is that you can do that. But knowing that that's a key you're really comfortable in. So C, D, E, F, G, A, B. Right. Right. And already B is five sharps. So, yeah. But B uh, is OK.
1: But when you when you start soloing, like we play uh, we play this song. uh, It's a it's a remake of uh, Elton John's Sacrifice. Okay, right? It's Cold Cold Heart. They call it. It's with uh, I think it's with uh, Dua Lipa, Lipa. and it is C sharp. So it's B flat minor, right? Mm -hmm. And as you're soloing through that, as I'm soloing through that, I'm really having to think. You know, and that's yeah. why I, I decided to get back to the Hannah studies, because I don't want to think. I just want to
0: fly over just the keys. Fly. So that was one of the things I was thinking. Another thing I was thinking was that um, I read a couple of um, interviews or quotes with especially Dizzy Gillespie. It seems like he was really good at having those like sort of one liner type of nuggets of, of wisdom, you oh, know, musical wisdom. Yeah. Yeah. Like I don't mean that in. Like a sense, like I'm, I'm playing down what you you saying. I really mean like he no, was no, I, very I know, concise. No, I know exactly what you mean. It's just like, oh, that just, bam, yeah. it encapsulates it. And that was basically, I, I can't remember the wording, but basically what he said is it's, it's the, it, what you want is to have that sound up here be translated into your instrument, you know? Mm-hmm. It's the ability to translate that, that idea. Right, and,
1: and if your fingers, if your, if your skill is limited, then what you're hearing is limited. And, and, and conversely if your skill is really high then the things that you can create and hear become more interesting okay. hopefully right mm-hmm. yeah. more more complex or more you've got more more to work with you go oh well, maybe if I could do that right yes whereas if your skills are somewhat limited you're,
0: gonna th- you're not gonna you're not going think you like won't that. think in the, in that in those right. terms so Eddie van Halen um, was asked when he was doing the interview at the Smithsonian Institute. You know, basically, like, how do you do this? Where do these songs come from? And he said, I don't know. Some people might be thinking he's being humble or he's being facetious or whatever. I think he genuinely does not know. Yeah, I really... You've written songs, I've written songs, and I don't know where they come from. Yeah. I know that when they come to me, I feel really lucky if it sounds good. Mm-hmm. And I've worked really hard my whole life to be able to take that idea and turn it that's into something. The key. And that's why I was saying, like, if you have a, if you have a skill... And you can
1: and you can pull from it, and then you don't have to think. Well, what do I want to do next? Yeah, something just jumps out at you, and you do it. Right, right. Well, Without knowing he, where it's coming from.
0: So Eddie Van Halen, he said he um, got the idea, not, and he clarifies. He said, "I never said I made up hammer, hammer-ons on the guitar, but I know when I thought of it, and it was when he went to a Zeppelin concert, uh, and he saw." Um, Jimmy, Jimmy Page was playing with one hand or with one hand. Yeah. And he was like going like this, you know, and, right, right, right. You know, playing the crowd, you know? And, um, and he said, he thought, well, wait well, a minute, why not add another finger? Yeah. Like, what if I just tapped the, he's just playing by tapping. He's not picking yeah. anymore. What if I tap the other side and then I could use this finger as the nut. I could like move up the whole thing so that the, the, the end of my guitar yeah. moves up. And so he just, he's explaining this. Which is really cool. Mm-hmm. And I love the idea that Jimmy Page brought that idea into his head. Yeah. But again, it comes down to he was able to translate that idea into something. Right. Yeah. So there we're talking about a
1: new technique or a new tool, right? Yeah. I and mean, a, new, a new way of doing
0: things. I'm, I'm talking more
1: about like he still had to get the skill.
0: Oh, yeah, he still had to 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 sit down and practice it. But he already had to be at a a skill level where that would even seem like a possibility. Right. He didn't have the internet at that point, right? So now you can go to the internet and you can find some guy in like 1930-something doing basically hammer-ons, right? Yeah. And it's really cool. But he didn't have that access. He didn't know that at the time, right? No. So So where did that come from? He had to just just, think of it and then be able to put in the time to figure out how to do it. Okay, that's three. You said four. Ron Carter, I saw. <laughs> <laughs> up holding here, you accountable. Compartmentalized that I'm doing the Vogue. Why am I doing that? Madonna's playing Toronto this summer. Oh, wow. Ellie hasn't been to it. Are going to go there? Well, Ellie and Lucas haven't been to a concert, and they're a couple. So Ed Sheeran is playing. Um, Madonna's playing a couple other people. And it's like, what do you want your first concert to be? Wow. What was your first concert? My very first concert?
1: Oh, it was. Uh... It was uh, Barbara Mandrell and uh, Merle Haggard. Not the Mandrell sisters. No, that's way back in the day. Then she was uh, she was freaking amazing. I mean, Merle Haggard, I love. <laughs> he was looking tired, but
0: he wasn't looking haggard. <laughs> <laughs> that's well, that, well, that's a Dixie that's a Dix, Dixie chicks line.
1: Yeah, <laughs> is that from their, one of their songs? Yeah. Oh, okay.
0: <laughs> no, he
1: was great, but Merle is an, it's more of an icon type of thing. Mm-hmm. Whereas she played everything. She sang amazing. I mean, she's just a force
0: of nature. I'll come back to Ron, Ron Carter. I haven't forgotten. But I will say, she's one of those musicians. Like um, when we talked about the Chinese musicians, we talked about, what is it, Wang Li Hong? Wang Li Hong, yeah. Wang Li Hong. He, I mentioned in that episode that he's one of those guys that he's actually, I don't even think uh, it's in the episode. I think it's one of our outtakes. Maybe. So consider this a sneak peek. <laughs> You um, always get the inside info from Mr. A, a Jerry. very a very handsome guy. Yeah. So a lot of people think that's why he's famous. Right. But actually he's really talented. Yeah. You know, it's we we mentioned Rick Spring Rick Springfield. More more than just a pretty face. More than just a pretty face, I think, yeah. you know. If you ask me. Just my humble opinion. Oh pretty boy thinks he can play a guitar. <laughs> <laughs> Did you just call him
1: a
2: git? A git uh. <laughs> Oh, a git
0: uh. I don't know if that's the way they say it in Britain or not. <laughs> I don't know. Guitar. Barbara Mandrell is one of those people who, she was really pretty, and yep. she had the 80s feathered hair and the yep. whole thing, yep. you know, at the time.
1: Yeah. Um, she was ahead of her time there. She was in
0: the <laughs> 70s.
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> All right. She was like a Farrah Fawcett on the guitar. Exactly. But she was a, a beautiful lady, but that's not why she was famous. I mean, well, Kind of like it Dolly, doesn't doesn't right? Dolly so. was, I mean... Dolly Parton I mean yes okay so Ron Carter Carter. so um, I watched this great interview with Ron Carter Ron Carter's got his bass in his hand and he's doing the interview holding the bass and he says something to the guy like you know sometimes you just gotta try things out and don't try it at home try it on the bandstand in front of an audience wow then yeah that's when you'll know if it works or not Dave Grohl talks about that as well yeah a lot of their songs they wouldn't record them until they had tried them in front of an audience right and as he's saying this, not even thinking about it, he just goes, you know, you just try something out. And he goes, he was talking about playing, I think he played a major scale up and down, down. And then just without thinking, he threw in this like double stop, amazing thing, two notes, and he just like does this super cool thing that I'm sure it's been sampled a thousand times now. Mm. And it was just him just free, chatting. Free flowing. When,
1: it's interesting that you should say that. The other day when I was doing those Hannons." I was I was uh, work, fooling around with the shuffle.
0: Okay. So instead
1: mm-hmm. of just doing it straight straight 16th notes, I was doing shuffles. Mm-hmm. And some things came out of that
0: creatively that was just like, oh, I could use that. But I, I was that. I was trying to focus because I'm so yes. squirrely. I, I do that all the time. I start, I'm like, okay, I'm going to go through my arpeggios all the way up the neck or all the way up the, the keyboard or whatever whichever instrument I'm playing, right? I'm mm-hmm. going to go through my arpeggios. And then I'm like, oh, but that sounds like Invin Malmsteen. I'm just going to go... Can I go into that scale? You know, and I'm like, okay, I'm on the third fret. <laughs> Yo, focus needs more focus. Have you seen that movie? Oh, is it's that, uh... Uh, Jackie
1: Chan, but I can't remember the name of the movie. He says, "Yo, focus needs more focus." I think it's the, uh, it's the one that starts out with him in the. It, 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 it's it's real life, and then it goes into a cartoon.
0: Oh, wasn't you know that just his show? Like he had a cartoon show, or has a cartoon show? On... I don't know. Oh no, it's a Lego. I think. Oh, okay. It's a Lego
1: movie. Okay. Anyway, Right. Holy smokes! Why? Okay. <sighs> okay. So bebop. Are we there yet? <laughs> <laughs> we were going to talk about. You said here.
0: We talked about. Um, we talked about how swing music was uh, sort of the. Um, oh. The antecedent, the, the the predecessor to bebop. You got a story about Charlie Parker. I do. So, part of... Do So, what I've discovered in my... Well... Extensive research. Myriad research moments. <laughs> <laughs> what, I, what I found out was that it's a bit of a misnomer. What's the word I'm looking for? Misnomer. It's a bit a, of a mistake? Yeah, it's a mistake to think that it was like swing happened and then the next day... There's no goes. hard moment
1: right. where one stops and the other begins. Right.
0: There are websites out there that will tell you... And
1: I think... That will that'll apply to what we were talking about in other episodes, where we're talking about from Baroque to classical to
0: Romanticism, right? And even modern day music, which I I, I love the idea that you suggested one time about us doing that question of is modern day music actually worse than older music? Right. You know, because a lot of people say music today, you know, yeah. just like my mom said in the '80s, and just like her mom said in the '50s, you know. Yeah, although I saw a I saw a Ed Sheeran thing where he says. Play me any. Uh, tell me any song from now, right, and I'll play it on these four chords. Right. But that's also true of. I mean, a lot of a lot of jazz. I don't want to say all of it, but a, a lot, lot of jazz. classical
1: as well. Right. You, you hear very similar motifs, very similar key changes, chord changes. I
0: talked to my kids about the one four five change, right? Yeah. And I'm like, this isn't just rock and roll because I always use that as like sort of the the, the catch their ear example, you know? Right. I play some rock and roll and then I go how about this and I play some some Beethoven yeah and I'm like if he would if he was to sue everybody who used a one four five chord change <laughs> he'd be a rich man he'd today. be a ri- <laughs> wait a minute <laughs> he couldn't you know because oh ooh, I just oh it's too soon too soon okay <laughs> Charlie actually there's a I'm really sorry I guess this, uh, this is a little bit squirrel squirrel so sorry <laughs> I found a great timeline that is probably showing, as I say this right now, it's going to fade in nicely and then be there. There it goes. The timeline <laughs> shows how actually it's probably more accurate to say that there's a lot of overlap in timing. Okay. So Charlie Parker, when he was a young guy, he's from Kansas City, Kansas. And when he was growing up... And I think Miles was there as well. I don't know if he's from Kansas City, but I think he was there as well, Miles Davis. I'll tell you why i think that probably happened he was when he was growing up as a teenager he used to go see um the count basie band yeah right which became in the late 30s i think it was like 37 or something they really hit sort of the big time they hit their stride yeah and everybody was sort of looking at them like all those guys who a few years later but would, they were swing right they were swing yeah but what I'm saying is swing was the big thing. It was the the pop music of the day. Don't mean a thing if it ain't got that swing. Do-a, 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 do-a. I. I talked to, them, to my choir class. Yeah? Yeah. So, so what I'm saying is uh, I think
1: Charlie, Dizzy, mm-hmm. Miles mm-hmm. were all in that Kansas City scene. And yes. then they moved it to New York.
0: Yes. So that's what I was going to say. All those guys who were in Minton's Playhouse... A few years later like what 41 or something like yeah. that they would have been looking at these guys as a great example of what they could do and then oh wait a minute but then we could also do this you know um, was the sax player you Lester Young Lester Young Lester Young was the sax player um, at, in the at that point around 1937 um, for... Big influence on Charlie yeah so he so Charlie Parker would go to see the Count Basie band and he would be like it's like when I go see a band and I see their the guitar player is amazing. Yeah. And I spend the whole time looking at his left hand on the fretboard. Yeah. You know, assuming he's a right-handed player. Uh, he would be watching Lester Young. And Lester Young had a style that I would suggest was already starting to suggest where bebop was going to... Where jazz was going to go.
1: Was Lester Young in the uh, Count Basie?
0: Yeah. okay, he, he was in the Count Basie band. And it said here... Um, Charlie Parker was influenced by Young. This is coming straight from the tablets, by the way. Go ahead. From the tablets? Yeah, from the mountaintop. Yes, yeah. There were 15 at the first, At first, but the one in the middle, I dropped <laughs> it by mistake, so there are only 10 <laughs> commandments. <laughs> I bring you the 15 difficult... Oh,
2: the 10 commandments. <laughs> the Lord, the Lord Jehovah has given unto you these 15... 10 Ten Commandments for all to obey. <laughs> that is
0: classic. Our focus needs focus. I know. Lester Young's playing, but although he was playing in a swing band, he was doing these melodic lines. That if you think of music as sort of a fabric of all those mus- um, all those musicians' notes fitting together and making a full picture right Mm -hmm. he was like weaving through them so he was like kind of doing his own solo melody lines I want to say while it was happening you know instead of sort of they stop and they go into a section where it's the solo section like bebop did
1: yeah
0: Um, this is where I
1: wish I knew more because did he break off later on his like and and sort of go into the
0: bebop that's a really good question that's something we'll have to explore Educate us. The bebop
2: boogie. Some people think that oh, there's earlier stuff and wow, he was really great. No, no, no. He was he was always great, but his later stuff, to me. I mean, it was so soulful.
0: Mr. Young was a huge influence on Charlie Parker, who started thinking, wait, what if the rest of the band, like, sat back a little bit, right? And of course, we talked about this, but the... World give him War... some room. Yeah, give them some room. But then World War II happened, and it was it was not intentional that they had small bands. It was just a lot of the band the was the off went. fighting. I don't know if we
1: mentioned this in the other thing. I,
0: th- I think we did. It was also that the uh,
1: the places where these where these uh, huge, big band bands, you know, people would go to see them and mm. dance and whatnot. Yeah, that they they shut some of these places down.
0: There was some of that. That was that was a lot of why Minton's Playhouse became so popular because there was something where they weren't allowed to play um, for money on certain nights or something like that. So Minton's would just give them a meal, right? Instead, you know, so they would all hang out, have their meal, play, and listen to like,
1: you know, these. Yeah, but they would just players. do under the
0: table stuff, anyways. I I would think. I imagine, but if you got your players' card revoked then you couldn't play at all. Right. So you had to be really careful with that stuff. Billie Holiday. Versus the United States.
1: Yeah, and also, who was the other one you said the
0: last time? Thelonese uh, Monk. Thelonese Monk, He Thelonese couldn't, Thelonese play Monk, for, right. couldn't play for years. I, I mean, he played, but he couldn't play in those venues. That's very interesting. And I think the Kansas City scene
1: could, could in theory, be... Thought of as the birthplace of
0: bebop. Yeah, and you can go onto the web, onto the internet and you'll find websites that say interwebs, the interwebs, the interne- inter interwebs, <laughs> and it says like a uh, birth uh, bebop was was born on January sixth, nineteen forty one, or yeah. something like because some what some ifs? recording, but it's not that clear. And the same is true when we go into cool later. Well, well actually, when cool jazz started out, there was already forms of hard
1: bop coming coming through as well exactly
0: it's just you know that stuff doesn't just suddenly happen it's it's like when you see an overnight star it's an overnight star that took 20 years to get there yeah well and and all of the all of the training and everything that he went through i do want to say um charlie christian who we mentioned in the last episode Mm -hmm. as well he's another one of these uh the song that i mentioned and that we actually play in uh episode Mm -hmm. 15 Mm -hmm. is called swing to bop it's a song called "Swing to Bob," and yeah. it's calling out that this is a okay, change cool. that's happening now. And uh, of course, we uh, in this one we'll be talking about um, birth of the cool. So these these players, they could see it happening. You know, they knew it was happening before the rest of the world knew. That's why I say it didn't happen from day day one day to the next day. And I think Miles was on a Miles was on a mission.
1: You know, just keep going. Yeah, yeah. Like he he. Uh while he was in these other groups, he was already formulating the cool jazz that he sort of was envisioning.
0: And as soon as he was, as soon as he was in cool, he was done with it. Yeah. You know, he He was was out of it while everybody was catching up. Right. So by what, 1959,
1: um, 59 was kind of blue.
2: Right. 57,
1: I think we said was birth uh, of the cool came out and that was kind of like, well, birth of the cool. Right.
2: Yeah.
1: And then, uh, 59 was kind of blue and then he went on to Sketches of Spain. He had a couple more albums. We were talking about the piano playing on Kind of Blue for so what. It was it was Bill Evans and he is another one of the guys that I mean this guy I've got a lot of piano heroes. Mm-hmm. You talk about your minimalist jazz piano player. Yeah. Wow, that guy was like on another level. Yeah. Every note counted. Yeah, totally agree. But but I was gonna say, like later, more stuff that was sort of in the cool jazz thing was Herbie Hancock, Mm -hmm. and even Watermelon Man. I mean, that's that's pretty cool jazz, and that's (laughs) later.
0: cantaloupe island cantaloupe island sorry is it cantaloupe or cantaloupe because it looks to me like it's cantaloupe island because it's the fruit right was like this new jack sound which a lot of people call the acid jazz sound yes you know so in the 80s i guess i don't maybe it started earlier again it was overlapping but i couldn't remember the name of the group that had this really clear connection between jazz it was jazz Mm -hmm. but they mixed it heavily with hip-hop i mentioned well herbie does that as well yes totally yeah so there were some people doing that um, a tribe called Quest mm-hmm. put out an album where they invited Ron Carter to play on the album mm-hmm. which he does a lot of interv- interviews about that as well where he talks about how he thought that was really good because they weren't just sampling
2: moving, yes, stuff from early days use the coast of the morning to avoid the funky odor can't help be a funky I'm the funky abstract grubber funky in the sense but I play the undercover Ron Carter talked about that, and he
0: thought that was really cool. First of all, he was very apprehensive to work with a a rap or hip-hop band or, you know, an MC or whatever, because he was worried about the language and the messages that they would be conveying, you know, did it match with what he did. And he thought it was really cool that they weren't sampling older jazz recordings. They were inviting this person in to bring in what he brings to the table, you know? The way Ron Carter talks about his career is fascinating to me because he's walked the talk the whole time yeah you know since I guess 1960 and he's made over, almost three thousand of them now you know yeah uh, uh us three was the band that I was trying to think of when I talked about the the new jack sound or the acid jazz sound us three had a song that they called cantaloupe mm-hmm. l-o-o-p cantaloupe oh, okay as in as a loop is a loop is a loop is a loop is a loop and that song uses a bunch of samples of other songs but then they also have um, like sort of a rap it's a very hip-hop feeling song with basically jazz samples interdispersed. Mm-hmm. so i'll play a sample of that just so people know what i'm talking about but this is not bebop or cool this is just where it went afterwards
1: Dip in the melodic C. Rhythm keeps flowing and drips to MC. Sweet sugar pop,
0: sugar pop, rocks and pop. You don't stop till the sweet beat drops. I shall improve as a stick and move. Vivit poems or cycle.
1: I think you know it's L-O-U-P-E. Mm-hmm. Canta loop would be m- the most likely. But i you hear people say lope a lot, cantaloupe In yeah. Canada, especially, where I'm from. Okay.
0: One of the things uh, we talked about the, the timeline and how it actually overlaps. We also, in the last episode, talked about um, the main characteristics of bebop. So is fast tempos because it wasn't written for people to dance. Although
1: I've to. listened to a lot of the the the, the playlists of, of of songs from
0: that era, they're not all like.
1: You know, do, 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 they're
0: not all like that. I, I'm really glad you said that because that's one of the things I was thinking. Because actually, a lot of that swing stuff was super fast. Because if you see some of the dancers dancing, dancing like what swing dance is, yeah. swinging your arms and the like whole
1: 150, 160
0: beats per minute. So I, I don't know. I see that everywhere I look, but I'm not sure I agree with that main characteristic that people say. Yeah. The reason they say it is because it was not written for dancers; it was writ- written for listening.
1: Right. So and, and maybe
0: they don't mean the song, they mean what you play
1: within the song. Yeah. And I mean a lot of the riffing is very fast. But you know, all you got to do listen to an Oscar Peterson album. He's in those in that era. Yeah. And the tempo itself is not necessarily all it's, a, it's like playing at 108 16th, 16th notes. Yeah. It's the same thing, right? So yeah. uh a lot of the times it's the it's the um You know the speed of the
0: riffs so i think that's again it's a bit misstated it's not that the songs necessarily were faster than swing songs it's that the notes that they played within that tempo if even if they were playing it 108 for example they were whizzing along so that they were playing you know 16th notes when in the swing thing they would have been going a lot slower so that people weren't like what is that oh but i'm sure that
1: you know for kind of blue and and some of those albums What's the da 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 Is that uh, Coltrane? It's Coltrane, yeah. I think.
2: And
1: um, so, um, those are much slower than the bebop yes, era. Yeah. And, and and I think that you see that a lot more. It's, it, it's definitely slower tempo than bebop.
0: But remember Coltrane, I mean, he was part of the bebop thing, but for me, like the part that I really was like, wow, well, he he's come into his own kind of his like 1960. forward really but giant steps that's it's pretty crazy fast a lot of those riffs oh I mean that's the main thing with that I think is so cool about that is to do this really interesting chord progression super fast and then to totally hold it together we talked about that yeah last episode prominent role for the percussion i got a question for you about that okay
1: but as the recording techniques became better mm-hmm. don't you think that it became a little bit easier for them to focus more on bass and because bass is probably the one thing in those 30s recordings that you just it's buried you can't hear it right yeah. and the idea that you know yes yes the bands got smaller and there was a reason for that but is it also true that as the recording techniques and the and the and the uh, you know Rudy Van
0: Gelder you know sure. guys like that mm-hmm. got better at recording the stuff and well, the equipment they started, got better and yeah I mean just at that point they would have been s- tight miking so then you know. can hear doo, doo,
1: doo, 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 right yeah, yeah
0: totally. and totally. and uh, all that stuff so the rhythm
1: section becomes a lot more so you hear an Oscar and trio mm-hmm. and you can hear everything yeah you know yeah. every little every note yes and that's in the mid forties right I
0: totally agree yeah and. I don't want to like up, Nat obsess with this, but also, yeah, right. um, he doesn't get mentioned a lot, actually. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he was a huge yeah. influence. Um, Ray, Ray, Ray Charles. Charles was a Nat and cold
1: knockoff, really. When he started, he was,
0: yeah. And they said, get your own sound, and then yeah. he he did. And he did, yeah. <laughs> he certainly did. <laughs> he did and a half. Yeah. <laughs> um, totally, yes, I totally agree with what you're saying. The interview with Ron Carter that I was just talking about when he was playing, he was playing through this like processing unit into a head. And then a separate cabinet and he had an amazing sound part of that was because it's him playing but he pointed to that that effects unit two or three times in the interview right he was like I, it doesn't play the notes for you but it makes sure that everybody can hear it right <laughs> you know well we, we did a gig last night at galaxy one which is a,
1: a kind of a we didn't our, our three of our musicians did okay and rocky was one of them and he had this rocky's there Guitar player, and he, he had one of these that, these units, just a just a pedal unit, mm-hmm. and he said this one right here, I think it was called Infinity or something like that, that or Iridium was called Iridium. Okay, just a little pedal, okay. he said that makes all the difference. And, and it was not a good sound system, and it was not a, a an acoustically nice place to play. Mm-hmm. It's outdoors, you know, so it was kind of and and the
0: guitar just came out like boom just yeah, plug into whatever he can play. grab that thing can go anywhere and it sounds like it should that was the answer because yeah. he said i could go and it doesn't matter to me if they have a, a good amp for me or whatever i could play right through the board yeah. um so I th- yes totally i think what you're saying a lot of these developments in playing happened because the technology allowed for it to happen right you know so what is a great example yeah. like the idea of having the bass line be the main the main line it's probably a first in, in a lot of ways i think for, so or I, at least on a recording, recording. It, yeah. it, um experimentation so you've actually just it was one of the, the characteristics i wanted to talk about but you just did mm-hmm. and then obviously imp- improvising which became a bigger a much more important part of it, it. was
1: part of swing it was part of it was
0: part of classical music we've talked about that, true you yeah. know but I mean, it
1: became a thing of like, okay, now I want to hear this guy, now I want right. to hear that guy, now I want to hear that guy. The
0: head, so when you start off a jazz song with the head, right, then you go into the into the solo section. The head is just to set up, get everybody listening, and get the song started, you know? But when you hit that solo... And especially solo,
1: when you're talking about a jam session, right? Yes. And like we talked about this last time too, it's like everybody, it's the language, It's the it's the framework, right? So you mm-hmm. go, okay. This is what we're gonna do. Yeah. Here's the head. Yeah. Let's start with this one and we'll go go from there. You guys do whatever you want, play whatever chords you want in terms of like modalities and stuff like mm-hmm. that. You can add your ninths and your elevenths and your thirteenths and do whatever you want, but this yeah.
0: is the structure. Exactly. And then to finish it off, you go back to the head because it tells everybody, okay, we're finished with that soloing part. You've heard us, you know, basically set our instruments on fire and now we're gonna go back and finish off you mm-hmm. know? you can do lots of comparisons to let's say painting and it sets up the what do you call it the canvas mm-hmm. you made the comparison once before and i'm going to bring it back is sonata form so if you go back to oh, comparison yeah. yeah. comparing it to com- to classical music think of it like um in, cl- in sonata form you have the the exposition you you present an idea a theme musical melody whatever now right here Okay. Exposition, mm-hmm.
1: a main melody, theme of the song, development.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Number two is development,
2: mm-hmm.
1: where new musical ideas are introduced, and a recapitulation, which is a recap, mm-hmm. restating the same theme, possibly with some variation. Usually in, in those jazz, in the bebop ones anyway, it's just a repetition of that mm-hmm. melody line or that thing from the head.
0: Yeah, so that's what I was saying when I when I wrote that. That's from our article. Um, uh, what, what What is, is bebop, bebop music? You wrote this for uh, where? For Substack? It's on Substack and it's also on WordPress. Um, prolific, <laughs>
1: prolific. That's one
0: word. That's one word. Sounds All right. like three. Uh, last last thing. thing. Last thing. Then we're getting off a of bebop. We're off Bob. Bop. You and I talked about uh, at one point. We were talking about. Um, there's a guy who's on social media now. Luxury is is the name he goes under, and then there's another guy. That did, this guy, Luxury, talks about interpolation. In terms of... In Wait, can you... Interpolation.
1: I was wondering if that was sounded to me like a physics term, but you said you found out that it is, mm-hmm.
0: but they're not related. Correct. So okay. it can be used in mathematics, physics, and it can also be used in music. And he was talking about this idea of taking... It's. I mean, it's huge in jazz, where they would take the melody from an existing song and they would play it as part of um a new song in jazz apparently this is this is a term contrafacts. Okay. so i read about contrafacts in an article that was actually part of a master class by herbie hancock what he's talking about here in reverse a, in the reverse when well, you take the chord structure of a song he uses the example of a charlie parker uh, ornithology so they took the chord structure of an older song called how high the moon
2: This far away till it comes true that you love me as I love you somewhere there's
0: music. They use that chord structure and then put a new melody on top of it, right? So they use the chord changes and and then use that as the head and then improvised over top of that or so yeah, I think it probably would be the, the chords for the head. Yeah and then they went off into their solo section and then they came back to this.
1: Um, you know, I've been wanting to do for a long time a, a show about you know, composing and, and and creative writing and stuff like that, mm-hmm. where you and I talk about how we do how we've done that in the past, but mm-hmm. also, um, you know, maybe Looking we can do a little research on 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 what some of the masters, have...
0: Billy Joel, you've talked a couple times about his
1: process, and mm-hmm. I, I would um... love to do an episode on that. And
0: all right, so yeah, okay, so our next episode uh, may well be that. After we finished recording that day, Leon and I decided that we would actually start a series on songwriting, arranging, motivations for songwriting, and also techniques in the songwriting and arranging. We sent out a survey on social media about influences from music from our youth. We are working on developing that episode as part of this series. We're really enjoying making these, and we hope that you're enjoying listening as well.
2: Forget to like and subscribe. Good night.